podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hey, welcome back. Season two, it's In the Thicket. This is very exciting. It's funny. (laughs) Very. Yes. Um, It's Rachel, when you were saying, um, hey, my mind so I've been teaching music therapy right and all the students saying one of the students saying like hey good looking Ooh, yeah. you got cooking so as soon as you said hey that's where my mind went I was like oh yeah hey good looking, <laughs> good looking. Hey, which is accurate oh yeah all of us on this one although we were just talking about lady mustaches sorry mm-hmm. guys but that's a real thing and we were just talking about how you know in Jesus time I don't know like probably all the women disciples had lady mustaches because there was yeah. no hair removal back then there you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you want to see what we're talking about, uh, Nicole, you should uh, put try on your because there's oh a filter on okay. Zoom. Should we do this? Okay. Yes. It's so Nicole very, is going to put on a filter. Yeah. It's very it's very weird when she does She's it. Video filter. It's yeah. super weird. Where was it? It's in studio effects. If you want to try this at home. Yes. And, and then, then you've got eyebrows that you can do, mustache and beard and oh, lip wow. color. So let's just try... <laughs> There oh we my go. gosh, there. Okay, that so, is oh man, that's a lot lot right now. Guys, yeah. is, if you're listening you know, on it mm-hmm. on like a Spotify or something, I just oh I'm boy. just telling you right now, you got to yeah. check out the first five minutes of the yeah, podcast. that's, that's right. on YouTube. This we'll is... also put it on Instagram just for fun. So let me <laughs> oh, just no, screenshot Aaron, it. Oh, that's awesome. Oh boy, that's mean. Oh, but man. okay, but really, really though, we were talking about it because also because of like a medication that I'm on, my I'm like sensitive to sun. So right now I have like a large forehead glob and also a lady mustache that's not even hair it's just it's like a tan it's like a mustache tan oh no i can't see it though honestly i can't see it anyways (laughs) but anyways thinking of interesting looking things Mm. yep um this is gonna be my segue here so Erin, one of her COVID projects so okay maybe we should just introduce ourselves real quick so i'm I'm nicole richard um, I am a music therapy professor in Nashville, Tennessee, but originally Woo-hoo. from Winnipeg and, but we started our podcast in Toronto. So all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's me. Sweet. I am Erin Kinsella. I am a consecrated virgin of the Archdiocese of Toronto, and I am a professional sufferer. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! What is hilarious? That is the first time I have ever used that title. Do you have uh, like a business card? Is that your that's like right. LinkedIn um, little that's right. tagline? That's yeah. right. Professional right. sufferer. Uh-huh. Contact me if you want to experience pain. Yeah, that will be the. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. Sounds kind of uh, creepy, Aaron. I know it, it kind of does, does actually. Does. That it sounds does. weird. So I'm. I'm not going <laughs> to do that, but. Yes, right now I, I've been. I was working in ministry for a bunch of years, and right now I am writing a book on suffering. So Ooh. theoretically, it's an accurate title. But it's true. you know, yeah, mm. right. right. I do feel like we're becoming well, <laughs> becoming in the circle of a small circle of people that we know really well. We're becoming known for suffering. It's like a thing that's mm. happening. About like I was in. And my name's Rachel. Hello, everybody. Rachel D'Souza here, and I was also working in campus ministry for a while. Prior to that, I practiced law, and I guess that's the most interesting. I'm not, and that's it. That's what I got. But anyways, so <laughs> when I was in campus ministry, I had the privilege of working with some amazing students who I still have keep in touch with, have relationships 
with. And I feel like they, people there have podcasts and they've invited me on and, and I've become like the suffering person. Like people That's are like, right. Hey, come yep. on our podcast and talk about suffering, which I love. Is that weird? <laughs> no. I mean, it's good that you love it because that's kind of this whole podcast. So that's Yeah, true. that's right. That's my goal for every Catholic to suffer. Yeah. Well, to suffer Not well. Suffer well. <laughs> Sorry, I suffer. forgot to add the well yeah, on there. Yeah, that's a little difference there. <laughs> Um, okay. So I was going to say, you know, interesting looking things. So Aaron's yes. COVID project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. making art with these little what do you call it like bedazzled diamond painting diamond it is diamond painting. painting yes i will show you an example so again we will post this on uh instagram so you can mm-hmm. see so i don't right. think they're real diamonds it's like little plastic things and then she pastes them on it's kind of like cross-stitching with but yeah. with little tiny pieces of plastic right yeah, exactly so it's like a plastic mat it's got a sticky thing on it and then it's color-coded and so there is the current one Ooh. project wow, wow. Okay. which is Icon. Icon. Our Lady of Perpetual Help? Yeah, Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And so it's nice. like if I put it nice and close to the screen, Oh yeah. there's oh. you can see the numbers and Gosh. then you can see the actual drill bits um, cool. that go on top of it. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing is sitting in my chair, listening to podcasts or watching episodes of The Good Doctor and doing nice. these and trying to pawn them off on people. <laughs> well, and she yeah. successfully pawned one off on on all of us in the podcast, including mm-hmm. our secret prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've been in this apartment now. I've been in Nashville for about six weeks, but I have not put the painting up. It's been just resting against the wall. So I'm going to do that right now. Yep. So I'm going to be away from my mic for like 30 seconds, but you're going to hear some banging. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you uh, a play by play. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. So Nicole's yep. getting up from the microphone and she's going over to the wall. She's holding up her nail and her hammer and oh my, what she's form? putting up, it's not in the middle, no! Oh, my. oh, there we go. She heard me. That's perfect. That was actually. a close one. <laughs> so now she's going to hammer things and there's the uh, Looks successful. I think she's getting it. I think it's happening. And yeah. she's done it, ladies Thumbs and gentlemen. Up. She's <laughs> done it without hammering a big thing. Oh, and there's the picture. It's of uh, Jesus' hand reaching down to somebody's hand in the water. That person is sinking and drowning, just like Peter. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jesus is pulling them out of the water. So That was excellent yeah. um, commentary, Erin. Thank you. I, I thought we were going to go British. You know, I thought we were going to go like soccer British commentary. <laughs> that was the feel I was getting, but See, we didn't. That would be, I would be the worst commentator ever because I don't know <laughs> anything about sports. I'd be like, and that guy threw a ball to someone else, but I don't know what it means. There's some like, hilarious oh. com- comment. Is it commentating? Commentary? Um, commentary? Anyways, there's some hilarious stuff. It's hilarious sports commentary out there. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, Very now good, you Nicole. have it. This, this. I do. There it is. Marking it your transition <laughs> into right. season two. That's right. Um, and in terms of uh, other pandemic slash COVID related hobbies, I mm-hmm. feel like this doesn't really count as a hobby, but it was something we all did. Let's not lie about it. We all ordered in. We all ordered takeout. Right, Uber Which is eats, good. Support the essential services, Uber drivers, and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, what? What I wanted to ask you guys, maybe to start off, you know, this episode a little bit more focused. Really, <sighs> yes. What <laughs> was your favorite takeout or like you know delivery meal that you had all pandemic? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> serious stuff here. 
Serious stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, me, Domino's Pizza, it's uh, like, I don't even have to go adventurous. It's my favorite Mm. kind of pizza. It's Mm. delicious and yummy. Um, uh, Generally Hawaiian. So that was my my thing. Oh, controversy. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. Better not get into that. Let's just not talk about pineapple pizza. Okay. (laughs) Pineapple or no Um, pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know exactly which one was my favorite. This is going to be very different from Aaron's. So, um... So Nathan and I, Nathan, my boyfriend, we were wanting to order in like a fancy meal one time because we were kind of, we had both been doing this thing where we put $10 a week, each of us into like a date jar. And then once mm. in a while we would go for a nice meal. So I wanted to go for a nice meal. So, um, and everything was closed. So there was a, a restaurant in Toronto called Richmond station, I think something like that. Mm. And we ordered, um, some food from them <laughs> and it was just like really good. It was in absolutely incredible food. Um, nice. It was like, you know, the kind of meal where you sit there and you kind of don't want to, you almost don't want to talk or think about anything else because you just want to savor every bite. It's just so amazing. We had, I think it was like, I don't even remember. It was like, there was a chicken thing and there was a beef thing. And there was this like fancy <laughs> dessert that had, it was just like all food that I, it was just, anyways, it was really good. So Richmond Station in Toronto, really, hmm. really great. And nice. that's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Rach? What's your pandemic go-to food? So first of all, I, I'm very jealous because there were Michelin star restaurants that were doing takeout food. And mm. I wish I was rich enough to have ordered from there. Right. Um, so if anyone who has listened, who was listening to our podcast ordered from Michelin star restaurant during the pandemic, please comment on one of oh, our yeah. videos and tell me, and just let me How live vicariously it? through your experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I never got to do that. I would have loved that, but I, uh, went, I, after my brothers, my brother got married during the pandemic. And I house sat for him and my sister-in-law when they were on their, um, when they were on their honeymoon. And, um, and so I was at their house, um, full disclosure, my brother and I actually lived together before he got married. So it was actually just my old house (laughs) that I just house at before. And, um, and it was super fun because it's kind of like a mini retreat. Like I was there on my Mm -hmm. own Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I, so I, I had a night where I just kind of binge watched murder mysteries and I ordered a bunch of takeout. I think I ordered some Chinese food, some pizza. And then I just sat around with like a smorgasbord of food and just ate whatever I wanted on my own. I didn't Mm -hmm post it on Instagram or anything, but it was, it was like my own mukbang. It was like, I just did it for my own soul. That's and great. It was best. So yeah, I, I love Chinese takeout. So I don't remember where I got it from, but it was delicious. Nice. Good. That's yeah. awesome. That's sweet. That reminds me of my God wink for, for this time. I got Ooh. a good God wink that has to do with mm. smorgasbord. Ooh, oh, I like good, that. Good Tension. <laughs> Suspense. Yeah. <laughs> Curiosity has been That's peaked. Right. Um, so uh, first of all, we are so excited that we get to have a season two. Like that's yeah. amazing. Thank you yeah. to everybody listening right now to this episode, to everyone who listened to our first season. We're so grateful and we just feel like the Lord is, is I don't know, he's doing something very exciting and we're so grateful mm-hmm. to be part of it. So Amen. welcome back. Season two. Um, we're starting with a talk about transitions. That's what we're here to talk mm-hmm. about today because given the pandemic, we're all in this kind of mode of moving into a new reality. I mean, we kind of have every, you, you hear it everywhere because we can't really go back. So we're going forward into something completely new. And we thought we would kind of address that experience head on by talking about all kinds of transitions that 
happen in our lives and the challenge and the suffering that kind of can come from that. Um, so I want to start just kind of thinking about what are the kinds of transitions we go through because there can be good transitions, good change and hard change, like objectively hard change, but both of those can bring challenges. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, what are, what's an example of something good that's happened in transition and something more difficult, but what have been the challenges and the um, blessings, I guess, in, in both of those experiences right. for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like say, speaking to that, just first of all, the concept that, you know, there can be kind of good changes and then bad changes, but both of those changes are going to cause some sort of stress. I remember the first time that hit me was, it was some sort of like, I think mental health questionnaire that I had to do for a doctor's appointment or something. And like the questions on there were like, have you started a new job in the past six months? Have you started a new uh, like degree and, you know, and, and like, or have you purchased a house? And I was reading these things and I was like, oh yeah, these are all good things. And they can also correlate to experiences of more stress and like distress because mm-hmm. of the transition. Right. Um, just mm-hmm. so, yeah, I remember that, that struck me anyways, maybe if all of you listening, you're like, uh, yeah, of course, but like, I guess <laughs> no. it's like a new it's concept important to for say me because point. it feels yeah. like, like almost sometimes, like if there's a moment that's good, like it should be good. We should be celebrating. We should be whatever should, 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 yeah, should, yeah, 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 but yeah. then it's not that it's not okay to say that there's actually right. something really difficult in that. Even if it's a good thing, even if you yeah. win like a million dollars, like mm-hmm. there's stress that even would come with that, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Rachel, you're going mm-hmm, as if you know, have you? <laughs> well, you? <laughs> I have not won a million dollars okay. as a, a, to my yeah. knowledge, but actually it's so funny because today we're recording this, um, like, you know, in September and actually it, today is September 11th, which is kind of, yeah. um, mm-hmm. a, you know, a whole thing on its own. And so, um, but also coinciding with that huge thing was the, the women's finals in the U S open, which I just watched. Did you? I did. It was amazing. We had a Canadian, oh, um, Layla yeah. Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she was awesome. The, so was the other, it was the Brit Emma Raducanu. It was, it was such a good was match. Also Canadian born. Hey, yeah, mm. that's true. Toronto. Yeah. That's right. Um, anyways, I just, I loved every second. It was just such an exciting match to watch, but the crazy thing is the winner of the U S open wins, like, I think two and a half million dollars oh, or gosh. something like that. Wow. And so talking about good changes, like it's such an amazing thing to win a grand slam title, especially your first one. But after that, nothing Man, is the same, change. Yeah. right. And there's yeah. lots of stress that comes with that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, I, hopefully she has good people around her and it sounds like she does. Who are going to protect won? her. Sorry. Emma Raducanu won. Okay. <laughs> That's not a spoiler alert because this is coming out on Monday. So you should have already seen that. In the <laughs> That's right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, but you know, it was uh, even Layla played fantastic for a lot of it. I think right. she just ran out of gas a little bit, to be honest, to get into mm. the sports of things, but mm. Um, anyways, I, yeah, like hopefully she has good people around her to help her navigate that because that's a fantastic, beautiful thing, but mm-hmm. it's going to bring about a lot of stress and a lot of new yeah, things. So change. yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that I can, like, if I'm thinking about, um, my own experience and looking at even things that have been good change that have been hard, I'm thinking especially about, um, about, even healing, like it's like, Mm. that sounds like such a general thing. But for me right now, this last year, the Lord has been, there's been this word of like deconstructing Mm. or recalibration or things like that, that the Lord is doing. And I know that it's good. Like objectively, I know that whenever God wants to do something 
in my life or in my heart, it is good because it can't be anything but. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's also like, I'm finding it really challenging in the sense that these things that I used to know for sure about myself or like Mm -hmm. these things that I used to know for sure about who God is, it's like they're, they're like changing. And so it feels like even though it's good and I know objectively that it's good, it doesn't like, it doesn't feel good. Like there's, um, there's this space of like feeling like I'm walking out onto thin air a little bit and being like, okay, but it feels like almost like I'm going back to the beginning, you know, like the devil and Mm. is like, he's like, his thing is like, is God really good? Is God really Mm -hmm. good? And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's kind of where I am right now is like, I know things, but then I'm like, but is God really good? Is God really Mm. good? Is he really good? Like even for good things, I find it really hard sometimes to accept good things for myself because there's a part of me that that always questions that, like, mm, when is the rug going to be pulled out from underneath me? Mm, or yeah. like, it, like I find it really hard to kind of accept good things and just to like find joy in them. Um, yeah, because of that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, Erin. And I think it's like, you're talking about, it's interesting because you're talking about um, like this deconstruction, this work that the Lord is doing in you mm. as a good thing. And to me, that sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, so that's great. But like, but like the fact that you can recognize it as a good thing, but a hard thing, I think is really beautiful. Um, yeah. You know, True I mean, story. yeah, mm. <laughs> I think for myself, like just a really practical good thing is, you know, um, I, I just moved, I just got a job, my first kind of job of this, starting out in this new career of being a university professor, which is wonderful. And I'm so happy to be starting it. But I will say that the time leading up to the change, particularly, mm-hmm. was very difficult and very stressful. You know, just just knowing that my whole life was about to change and moving countries and um, knowing that I'm still going to have to uh, be working on my PhD at the same time as starting a new job and, and wondering about community and um, all of these things. Uh, you know, in kind of the months leading up to it, to the, to the move, I was, um, and these ladies know, like I was once, once in a while, I would just get literally sick to my stomach and, and like had a couple of days where I just like threw up and was in bed all day, purely mm-hmm. from stress. Like I went to the doctor and everything. And it was just like, yeah. Was like, yeah, this is, this happens, you know, like, um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, sometimes it's not even the change itself, but the time leading up to the change that can just be tough. Um, yeah. For me, you know, and once I moved, like once I was here, everything felt great. Like I just, it was like this release and relief and, um, Mm -hmm. and I've been, I've been feeling, you know, you know, there's been ups and downs certainly and adjustments and and all of that, but it's, but that, that stress is gone or, but yeah, that, that main stress is gone. So Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes like even a good change, it's just stressful, right? Cause it's change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, there's new things and that anticipation can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think, For sorry, Erin, were you gonna say something? Oh no, I was gonna say, what about for you, Rachel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think for me it's like good change. Sometimes I I I get frustrated with myself and how I process things and how long it takes me to process things because um, so this is maybe a neutral change for me. My, um, when my brother got married, I mentioned, you know, I moved, I lived with him and we had a we have a we had a house together in Hamilton. And I moved back with my parents after, and I've lived with my parents as an adult for years before when I was practicing law and different things like that. And I have a great relationship with my family. So there was nothing sort of bad for me and that might be hard for other people. It really wasn't hard for me, 
but the adjustment of just living in a different place, even though it's my home, Hmm. like it takes me a long time. And that's my track record for basically any big change. I like, I lose productivity. I lose my bearings. I'm not even a routine person. Like people who know me know that I literally don't have a daily routine. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not that kind of person. And yet when I move or something big happens in my life, it takes me a long time to feel emotionally and mentally stable when things shift in a big way. And it it took me this year actually to realize that about myself. Cause I think in the past, I didn't even really know that. And I would just kind of bold, like, you know, kind of boldly go forward and think I should be productive the way that I was before or like other people. So there's a lot of comparison that I would do Mm. with either my earlier self or someone else and be like, well, why am I not there yet? Or why Mm. can I do that? I think that can be a challenge really when we're in transition. We really um, have to face ourselves and the way that we work and the way that God made us and have some peace and humility mm-hmm. in that. And that can be really challenging and be really hard, yeah. but it's also an opportunity. And for me, it was this time. I really felt like God, this was a summer of listening for me. I said that in the finale of our last season. And I really felt like that was one of the things the Lord was kind of drawing my attention to and saying like, Hey, I made you this way. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You are going to survive as you, you don't have to be an uber productive, amazing, like person to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would actually describe myself as someone who's very flexible. So I even wonder yeah. sometimes maybe flexibility kind of takes into account the fact that you are not going to be able to be productive when you're adjusting massively yeah. to something mm-hmm. in your life. Totally. You know? It's also true that like the comparison is the thief of joy, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what is coming up because because even if you have the exact same kind of transition that somebody else has, the way that we adjust to it is not uniform. Like it's not right. the same. It shouldn't be the same actually. And there's like some whatever stepping stones. Like if you're looking at grief, for example, like that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some like steps of grief or things that might be common, but everybody's experience is totally different. And I don't know if you if you found that in the stuff that that you were going through, Rachel or, or Nicole, but I find that a lot. I kind of tend to compare myself to other people mm-hmm. in that of like, I should be more resilient than I am in this. Or sometimes it's even like, look at me, how resilient <laughs> I am compared to these other yahoos. Like <laughs> I call people yahoos often. So <laughs> but no, yeah, I think I, that's, yeah, I think that's really key. Like what both of you are kind of touching on is that um, like in order to process all of the stuff that happens in a transition. First, it's just acknowledging that whatever I'm going through in this transition, even though this this new thing, as we're talking about right now, is a good thing, whatever I experience or however that throws me off, like just to accept that, like that's just the reality. And like, that's that's it. And I was somebody, I think it was like in one of my counseling classes in undergrad, um, she talked about how, you know, as soon as we say, I should feel this, or should this, it's like, it's just not helpful. And she, she would say to her clients, like, stop shitting all over everything, you know? <laughs> I um, love that. I'm going to make yeah. myself a sign that says yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. and I think another, so like acceptance is key. Another thing, you now for myself and like, I'm thinking about, you know, you're both talking about, okay, what's been helpful. And in my, you know, after you've gone through the transition and you're adjusting, like just accepting whatever that adjustment period is, is good. But for me, it was more about the anticipation that was 
troubling for me and the worry of what, what it would be. Mm. And I think that the thing that was helpful was, um, and I was talking to somebody about when I was stressed, I was talking to my boyfriend, Nathan, he was saying, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of anticipating the worst case scenario that you're going to be up to your ears in work and totally burnt out and all of these things, but like, maybe it's going to be wonderful. Like, have you left that option open that like, maybe it's going to be really great. And it was just such a new way of thinking for me of um, like, just leaving the possibility open that it could that like that, but that curiosity, I wonder, I wonder if it's actually going to be better than I think. Mm-hmm. And that was extremely helpful um, mm-hmm. because it doesn't, you know, I couldn't, honestly, sometimes I couldn't get myself out of that worry mode or out of like, I couldn't force myself to think to just think, no, it's going to be great. I know it's going to be good because I'd be like, no, but it's also, you know, it's possible that it's going to be so stressful, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, but it could be also possible. I have to leave room open for the other possibility that it could be wonderful. And then it has been, it has been wonderful. There's been moments of stress, but overall it has been wonderful. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's helpful for anyone, but that's, you know, Mm -hmm. just like leaving open those possibilities. is It's good. You know, honestly, I think that that is such a call from God. Like for us to believe that in the possibility of good things in our future, mm-hmm. it's crazy how, I mean, the, you know, the, the Jeremiah quote, you know, um, the famous, I know one well like, the plan I yeah. have for you plans for your welfare, not for woe plans for a future full of hope. Jeremiah 29, yeah. 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming for you Bible geek. That's yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bible. <laughs> Whoever said Catholics don't know their Bible, never met Aaron. They probably talked to me. I know three verses and you just happened to hit on one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that one, exactly that one. Um, I feel like that it's, it's, you know, if people are in campus ministry, you've probably done CCO faith studies or even other kinds of scripture studies. And this is a quote that comes up all the time. And it's kind of foundational in the, in the walk of discipleship, but I still, after like my entire life of being Catholic, find that so hard to believe Mm -hmm. sometimes, like Mm -hmm. genuinely, I don't believe it. So I think Mm -hmm. it is a challenge from the Lord for us when we're going through transition, good or bad to hold on to that in a real way, like have Mm -hmm. that childlike faith in him, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel very like convicted by what you said, Nicole, like, okay, it's another call from the Lord. Just hold on to him, you know, in that reality. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's so funny even because we're basically all like walking pathologies, you know, like there's like whatever the issue is that we struggle with, like, cause it's, everybody has it. Like it shows up in different ways or there's different, Mm -hmm. like whether it's like catastrophizing about things or like, um, like not allowing yourself to feel good or like whatever it is, every single one of us has like something, you know, about how we process change, about how we view life and all of those kind of things. And it can be kind of just helpful to be like, all right, I'm a walking pathology. Like that's all right. Because because I can't like I'm not perfect and and it's like it allows the Lord to come in there you know like Mm -hmm. even just like recognizing how just screwed up I am yeah it's like okay (laughs) reaffirms like well yeah what I need (laughs) I was it totally I I was sharing with someone that I I read the daily readings today so for Saturday September 11th if you want to look back on that um and 
uh, I think the gospel was, you know, the parable where Jesus is like, you know, build your house on the rock. Uh, don't build your house in the sand. So do, uh, if you're the one who listens to me and acts on what I say is the one who builds their house on the rock. Mm. So I was reading that and I was like, okay, like, I want to be the one who builds my house on the rocks. I want to always, you know, act and do what Jesus says and like be perfect in that and all that stuff, you know? And I was like praying for the grace to do that. And then I went back and reread the reading, which is St. Paul, who's like, Christ came for sinners of whom I am foremost, (laughs) you know, and just like, it's such a different attitude to be. I mean, of course we have, you know, desiring and striving for, for holiness is a good thing, but also recognizing that like, we are sinners and I, you know, we are like, you say like that walking pathology and like to embrace that because that's like, that's the person who Jesus loves. It's the sinner me who Jesus loves. And without, and that's who he's saving. Like that's who he's saving. Like if I don't know that's who he's saving, then he can't save me. Yeah. Like instead of having illusions of, of whatever, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I guess, you know, since we started off talking about tennis, cause the U S open, um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite, uh, is, is uh, Rafael Nadal. I mean, he's a lot of people love him. Um, but one of the reason I love him is actually because of his attitude. He has this like, or the attitude he displays. I mean, I don't know him personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, he seems to display this attitude of like an incredible amount of confidence. It's built on an incredible amount of humility. That's anyways, mm-hmm. what he kind of gives off. Cause it's this sense mm-hmm. of, like he works hard for every, for every victory, for every point, but he also like, he, he, he thinks he can do it, but he also accepts that, like he accepts his own weaknesses and that allows him to actually build because when we accept our weaknesses in humility, we don't kind of beat ourselves up for them. We're just kind of like, yeah, that's the thing I struggle with. Okay. Now what? Like, where do I go from here, Lord? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in the spiritual life, it's that's humility. Like, okay, Lord, these are my strengths. Mm -hmm. These are my weaknesses and you made me and, you know, and I'm fallen, but I want to be better. So help me be better. And it's then that God, you know, gives us those graces and shows us those little things Mm -hmm. here and there that we can, we can do to help him help us, you know? So, Mm. Well, and I think that that's, this is really important to, I mean, this is important to think about and recognize in general, but particularly during transitions, because I think when we're in routine, we, we can kind of find ways to live our lives that maximize our strong points and minimize all the, the stuff that we're, we're, mm. where we're weak. But when we're in transition, everything kind of gets shaken up and all of the worst stuff tends to come out and we're like, what, this is not who I am, but it's like, actually here it is. Like, this is you know, it, it, we get shown up and, and that's where I think can be that opportunity for humility and recognizing, oh yeah, okay. I am, uh, you know, I am a sinner and, and that's who mm-hmm. God loves and just accepting that and, and continuing to move forward and whatever it is that God's called us to. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with gentleness, you know, like mm-hmm. I just, I'm discovering more and more, um, because I tend not to be very gentle with myself but it's like, has the Lord ever not treated me with gentleness? Yeah. He has never once treated me with anything but gentleness, even in his rebukes, even in his, mm-hmm. you know, like even in times where he was like bringing some kind of correction or whatever, like it was always gentle um, and yeah. tender, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and compassionate and, but yeah, so like it's reasonable then for us to be that with ourselves, if the Lord is that with us, because his yeah. love is perfect. Mm-hmm. 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 Totally. Yeah. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about the more challenging or or maybe, you know, Mm. circumstantially challenging transitions in our lives. But I also want to say at the end of the podcast, I'm going to, we're going to share a few things that actually um, I was given in my pastoral care class that are just helpful for good and bad transitions. So Stay tuned for that as well as Aaron's. That's <laughs> right. I do at the end of the episode want to link back those steps, not just to the hard stuff, but also to the good stuff because of the challenges mm-hmm. that can come with good transitions. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's especially when when it's a circumstantially challenging transition that we can start to question that confidence in the Lord. And we can start to struggle even more with those weak points in ourselves, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, what have, what, what's your experiences of those, Aaron? Maybe we'll start with you. Like sure. But more yeah. challenging one. Yeah. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast before, you probably heard me talk a little bit about what's happening with me in the last couple of years, but the short version is I have fibromyalgia. It's gotten worse in the last few years enough to the point where I needed to take a step away from my job and I'm um, on disability right now. I'm not able to, to work and I'm figuring out health stuff. So for me, um, in that there's been a lot of transition that's been an that's basically shifted kind of every facet of my life. But the thing that I'm finding that I wasn't really expecting to find was um, this kind of theme of grief, of like grieving all of these things. Because even now at the beginning of the year, like in the latter part of August, the beginning of the year, I'm seeing all these posts from, you know, chaplaincies and all of these things Mm -hmm. about the beginning of the year. This is Frosh Week. I'm like, I remembered um, like on the day when the students would normally move into our, you know, student campus residence and whatever, like move-in day was always super exciting. So this year, in comparison, it just mm-hmm. felt like this like hollow, bleh, you know, like yeah. what is happening? And then the same thing with, you know, like tabling. Yeah. And all of the starts of all of these things and the excitement of the school year for me feels like it's like um, – it's like the noticeable absence of those things and the transition from that is like going from something that was full and brought me so much life to mm-hmm. suddenly like missing that that thing. And it's not like I don't have joy in my life because I definitely do. <laughs> but, but in this particular area, like it's like – it's like a vacuum almost, you know, it's Mm. like I can recognize that there is a space in me where this particular joy, this particular mission that the Lord had me in is no longer there. And I'm kind of left like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do with it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just think uh, even for me, one of, one of the hardest things about those kinds of transitions I find is something is taken away or something is lost and there's nothing that fills that gap. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a kind it's, that's, I guess what loss really is. I, I think a lot of hard mm. transitions just amount to a, some form of loss where yeah. n- there's nothing that sort of can replace that, um, you know, and, or does replace it, I guess, for the time being. Um, so I don't know if that resonates with what you're saying, Erin, but yeah, that's what kind of came out to me when you were speaking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And it's, um, 
I think it's for me like thinking about even like obviously the love of the Lord should be the yeah. should be the thing that you know like and I'm like I'm married to him so <laughs> really that that should be it but I think it's kind of like what you were saying Nicole um before is that like it should be enough to fill us but then it's like oh my goodness then some things go and it's like we recognize all of these spaces like mm -hmm. i have recognized so many spaces in my own heart that the lord does not either occupy first place in or like that i was finding my identity in something else or like whatever it is you know it's like an it's been an opportunity for me to recognize all of those places where again mm. i am a walking what do they say walking pathology, pathology. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, when we're talking about these good transitions and bad transitions, I was trying to, in my mind, kind of analyze like, well, what's the difference, mm. you know? And, and mm. I think Rachel, you're kind of touching on this, like maybe part of it is that loss. And I think also it's, you know, uh, I think of a good transition is something where I have chosen to make this transition. Mm. You know, I chose, I chose to make this choice to move or, you know, all these different things. But a bad transition, it's often something that's out of our control. Something yeah. has changed and we did not choose that change. Yes. It happened to Nicole, us. Nicole, you're on fire today, man. You're coming <laughs> out with all the goldens. <laughs> the, the good, like, quotable one letter. You know what? Honestly, I love it, though, because then yeah. when I go through to make, like, promos and stuff, I'm like, snip. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. All right. But yeah, no, because totally. I think of, you know, uh, when we were talking about, you know, sort of before this episode of like, okay, what, like, what are good changes? What are bad changes? I can remember, um, a moment in a, a previous dating relationship where, um, there was a conversation that happened. And because of that conversation, there was a shift in me where I realized, you know, before that conversation, I had been like, I think this, you know, this might be the person I marry. And, um, you know, kind of thinking a couple of years ahead of like, okay, what might my life look like? And just really, having this idea of my life moving in a certain direction and then having, um, you know, sort of a couple conversations. Um, and through that, all of a sudden this shift happening where I realized like, this is not, it's not going to happen. And that wasn't even, you know, a breakup. It was just this deep kind of knowledge of this is, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sense of just disappointment and, and also kind of um, a little bit the rug being pulled out from under you, right? Of, of thinking, oh, my life is going in this direction. Oh, no, it's not. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I have, I'm not in control of the outcome right now and, mm -hmm. and all of these things, right? And so, and like you say, Aaron, there's like a grieving that happened. And I think there was, for me in this relationship, there's a grieving that happened during the relationship. And then when, you know, we actually broke up and then, afterwards of course still needing lots of processing and, and for me it was um you know counseling was really helpful after that and and, and very much needed and and different things to help me work through that because it was just like a um yeah yeah like that 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 it's something is happening to me that I didn't expect and didn't want but here it is Mm -hmm. Now I got to deal with it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's challenging too, because in, in like, there's often the reverberations, right? Because it's like, if we have this really challenging, like hard transition or something like that, it's like the pain from that can sometimes come come back and if we're experiencing something similar or something you know like right. so then it's like oh gosh it kind of echoes you know mm -hmm. um yeah that's a good word for that yeah yeah and and to be 
to be able to be gentle with ourselves or compassionate to ourselves in that too, and to allow the Lord to heal, like to, cause he will, he can, and he will, and he wants to bring healing to that so that it doesn't continue to be like echoing in a painful way in our lives. But, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's like a, it's a patience. It is a patience thing, you know, because it, it often takes a long time for him to do that. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Rachel? I, I think for me, um, I talk about this all the time, but I would say it's a very formative experience of my life that I am single in my thirties and I never expect to be, not because to be honest, I was never, which I think I've mentioned before, I was never somebody um, who thought like, who foresaw like motherhood. And I didn't really picture my life. I, I don't think mm. like, I wasn't like, mm. I mean, maybe I did at times, but it wasn't something I was uh, very attached to in an obvious way. I was sort of very present. I'm very an in the moment kind of person, just naturally, that's my personality. So I, but I think somewhere in the back of my head, I just expected that I would have been married by the time I was 30, you know, like maybe 31 or something like that. But I didn't, I didn't really imagine that I would be like in my thirties and not even like, that's not even, you know, right now anyways, on the horizon. And I think that for me, it's not, and it's not just, it's different for different people who are single, who are not sure of their vocation yet. But for me, it was like the changes happening in everybody else's life around mm. me. That was the loss where I was like, oh my gosh, mm. like this was my community of friends. And now, I mean, they're all wonderful and they're still my friends, but like their lives are completely different than mine. And right. mm -hmm. that, you know, or even my own family, my two siblings are married. Not, and I, it, that's been a very joyful experience to be honest for me, but the loss for me hasn't been like, oh wow, they're married and I'm not, it's more been like, oh my gosh, my family's changed. Like everything has changed around me. And in some ways, even though my life has changed, it feels like it hasn't. It feels mm -hmm. like the same as my, my early twenties. I don't feel that different. Mm. There's a hollow, there's a hollow, a lack of like, where the heck do I fit in? Like, I didn't really mm. expect mm -hmm. to not have a spot that's sort of like, Hey, she's a mom, she's a wife. She's a, I don't know, like whatever I had to pick something, a nun, you know, like there's not a, a, a spot that I fit in. That's mm. kind of a category, which is okay. Like I don't, I think it's a bad idea for us to put people in categories anyways, but, but it's mm -hmm. so hard. I think that's been the hardest thing. We watch other people's lives change in that way and not have sort of any inkling of that in my own life. And I know that that's God. I know that that's how, where he's led me and how he's led me. So the challenge for me has been like, okay, Lord, I, I can feel that this is where you've, where you've called me to be right now. Mm-hmm. How do I have hope? Like, first of all, why do I have pain about this? Because I'm the kind of person who's kind of like, okay, like I'll be like, make me content with the life that I am right now. And I will be, I don't want to be kind of, um, you know, edgy about this at all. Bitter Betty. Yeah, I don't. And I hope I'm not, I don't think I am actually. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, but you know, like, I don't even want to worry about it at all. I'm like, fine being, I, I know how to be single. I know how to live this life. Well. And, but there's a kind of, you know, um, dissatisfaction that God has not mm. taken away mm. from me. And I sort of resent him for that. I'm like, why won't you just take it away? Like, mm. Make this easier for me, but he won't do that. And so I think for me, the challenge has been like, okay, looking at the dissatisfaction with God and being like, okay, what is this about? Like, what are mm -hmm. you telling me here? Are you telling me something and not being afraid to go there because my, mm. I think my deepest fear in this area of my life is 
you know, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to have some hopes that I don't, don't really want to voice. And then God's going to disappoint me. So, you know, it comes mm. back to that, not like afraid to hope. Basically. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's like, the rug. It's like the rug back. Yeah. You know, it's like, like I'm afraid, like I'm going to do it. And then the rug's going to come out and then it's going to mm-hmm. come out and it's going to be awful. And it's better just to not hope in the first place than it is yep. to hope and then have the rug pulled. Yeah. Yeah. So we are now accepting applications for Rachel's (laughs) future husband. Uh, Aaron and I will be screening possible candidates. Uh, Love it. Love it. Rachel, you're going to be our giveaway for next season. Uh, There will be baskets. Bids begin at $1 million. (laughs) This is Kate. This is going in a different direction. Uh, um, Unintended. That's right. In the thicket bachelorette. (laughs) But, you know, I. I think for me though, like in terms of thinking about that as a transition, mm. it's a transition for me because my life is changing because this the pieces around it have been shifting right. and there are these these gaps, you know? And it's kind of what you said, Aaron, where it's like, okay, Lord, what like you're calling me to hold these gaps out to you. Mm. What do you what are you doing here? Like, how do I cooperate with what you're doing in me here. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the things that has been really helpful has been to be like, okay, I have these desires that I'm afraid to voice and all these kinds of things, you know, but there is a deep, deep, deep desire in me that I am not afraid to voice that I know the Lord is answering. And that is, I really desire freedom. Like I desire interior freedom, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag father Jack Philippe, if no one's yes. read his stuff, you Amen. should. <laughs> And I feel like that is something that is on offer for me right now, where God is like, okay, this is a hard transition, or this is a hard time in your life. Mm-hmm. But I want, there is an opportunity here for real freedom. Like when you're in pain, can you choose joy? Can you choose love? Can you choose me? You know, can mm-hmm. you choose hope? All these things. And I feel excited by that. It's strange, but I really do. Like, I really want to have that interior endurance and fortitude to be like, but I know I can't do it on my own. So it's only grace, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of excited at that. It's like, okay, Lord, like build me up, make me, make me stronger, make me more in love with you. You know, I want that more than other, more than anything else really. Yeah. Yeah. I found for me, one of the things that's been most helpful is confession actually, to be honest, Mm. because, um, because one of the things like every time I, I confess this and it was actually revolutionary. The first time that I really realized this was that there's like a line that I go from when I'm coming up against my short, my shortcomings or the, or um, my limitations right now, my physical limitations, cognitive limitations, whatever, that there's like a part of me that's like, screw that. I am <laughs> superwoman. <laughs> I am unwilling to concede. Like, right. Yes. You know, yes. but, but it is, it is pride. Like it yeah. is, there is a really, really dangerous pride that I have discovered mm. in myself that is in that. And so mm. I, when I, it was kind of like, it was pretty beautiful actually the first time, like I, I, um, had that grace from the Lord of like realizing that and then being able to bring that to confession mm-hmm. and being able to like consistently, um, like if I, you know, pray the examine each day or whatever to like think about that, like where have I expected more of myself today than the Lord has expected of me today? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to like mm-hmm. bring oh, that, beautiful. you know, that's beautiful. it's been really helpful. That's really good. Yeah. I think for me, what's been helpful in the, those more difficult transitions is that, you know, 
when I've, when there's been some sort of change in my life that I didn't want, I didn't expect, I didn't ask for, but it happened. Mm -hmm. Then I have my own reactions to that. And now I'm like, I didn't ask for this thing to happen and I don't want to be feeling like this. So I'm just not going to, and this is not, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. (laughs) You know, um, uh, Jesus, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I am very yeah. resilient and I'm just not going to think about any of the things that I'm actually feeling. And it's like, well. <laughs> you know, and I, I think there's a moment. Um, so going back to this kind of, this happened after, after a breakup and I was like going through things like, I'm fine. You know what? I'm just, I'll date again. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Um, and then this song came on my, my phone, some song on some playlist and and it was, you know, some sort of breakup song. And I just started weeping. I was on the bus <laughs> and uh, it was like the Lord, it was, it, it was very gentle. It was like the Lord was just reminding me like, okay, you know, there's still, there's some stuff here. You're, you're feeling some stuff. So let's, let's not, you know, let's allow, allow yourself to feel this. Um, and then that, that kind of began a journey that lasted several months of um, still kind of being in denial and not wanting to feel the things, but then eventually finally going to counseling that, um, mm. that helped me to just acknowledge all of the stuff that had happened and all of the things that I was feeling. And for me to just admit, okay, yeah, this, this happened. And, and I feel this, this is what I'm feeling. Mm. And that, that was really, really powerful and necessary for me to just even move forward, um, mm-hmm. and heal. So mm. just like that, like multi-levels of acceptance of, 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 accepting what happened, accepting my reactions, acknowledging them, facing them, feeling the things mm. what I say, you know, kind of talking to all the people, um, talking to all the people. Sorry. My brain's trying to think <laughs> of something else. Brene Brown. Uh, I don't know if you've mm-hmm, read any yeah. of this stuff and it's, I've, I really loved her. I listened to her podcast and, um, I've read part of one of her books. For some reason I found her books harder to get into. So I like listening to her speak instead, but you know, she talks about that, just like letting yourself feel what you actually feel and being real with that. And that that's the only way to go through the stuff, any of the hard stuff of life. Yeah. And that's been really powerful to me. Like, well, I, I have to, like, I have to let myself feel this. That's the mm-hmm. only way to be in reality. Mm-hmm. And that's been like, then that's been freeing, you know, to be like, it's okay that I'm feeling angry, you know, even though I'm a yeah. Christian, and I'm supposed to be loving all the time. It's okay that I'm feeling angry right now. And then I can choose what I do with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, sometimes I feel like this, this is in transition, but in any kind of suffering, really our emotion, my emotions are too strong for me. Like if I mm-hmm. really let myself feel what I, what I think I feel, I, it will kill me mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. Like, you know, I'm scared of my own emotions and I, sure. I don't want them around because they're so yeah. powerful. Um, but there, you know, there's a priest who's a psychologist, good family friend of ours who, who talks about healing, talks about evacuating your emotions and, and it's important. It's so important to let them out. And, and in lots of different psychology books, I think they talk, they talk about this, like whether yeah. it's tears or yelling, like yeah. there's the physical way of actually getting your emotions mm-hmm. out. That's really important. Right. Art, songwriting, poetry, right. All those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the other thing I think is that God is not afraid of our emotions. Like read any of this lament Psalms, like if they're so intense, you know, yeah. God can handle what we've, what we're going through. Like he really yeah. can. And that's, that's very, very comforting, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, you know, Rachel, you're, you're coming up on an interesting, uh, important thing that there's a prudence to when and how we 
allow ourselves to process what we're experiencing because sometimes, yeah, yeah the emotion, yeah. it can be very intense and very strong. And I think it's important to, to find community or counseling or someone to walk through that with us, or find ways to express it that are healthy, like through, through, I mean, I'm a music therapist for, uh, you know, so I'm like creative arts all the way. This has been something that's been helpful for me and I know helpful for many people, but yeah. finding it in a ch- channel to express those things that is going to be constructive um, and not mm-hmm. destructive, I think is also really, really key. Yeah. Amen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've just shared a whole bunch of transitions that we're going through or have been through, but I think it, yeah, we're in September in Canada. We're just kind of inching out of the pandemic mode. So like whatever it is that you're <laughs> out there for months, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, honestly, uh, please God. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I hope that whatever you're going through, whoever's, you know, those of you who are listening to us, like if it's related to that, or if it's related to anything else that, that, you know, that this conversation has been of some help to you. Um, and in that light, I just want to share these kind of, I guess, tips, these transition tips that, um, were shared with me in my pastoral care class. So one thing that they say, this is for good and bad transitions is to mark your ending. So it's do something concrete to sort of acknowledge and validate what has happened, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And if it's, there's loss involved or, or different kinds of feelings, like you were saying, Nicole, to acknowledge those and to kind of trace the story of your life up to that point, you know, you know, not the whole, not the whole thing, but like, what is relevant? (laughs) I was born. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just like kind of look at the story of your life and how this is a part of it. Like allow this to be Mm. a really a part of your story. Mm -hmm. Um, That's good. One time, sorry, I'm just going to like a very very quick illustration of that. One time I had just, there was a different I had to let go of a, a relationship that just never happened that I wanted to happen. And mm-hmm. I went for a walk and I felt like the Lord was like, pick up this beautiful leaf. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. And then <laughs> so I picked up the beautiful leaf and then I felt like the Lord was like, okay, now throw it into the river and let it float away. And I was like, no, I don't want to let go of the beautiful leaf. And throw it in there. But I did. And it was just like a thing where I could like mark that ending and, and let go of that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. I love that. So they can be that simple. That's great. You know, it's such a good example. Um, and then in that transition zone, like where you're, you're sort of, you've left the previous stage of your life and you you're heading into the new stage, kind of like Canada right now, pandemic wise, like you're not quite all the way out of it, but you're not quite in it in the same way anymore, you know? Um, so when you're in that zone, um, the, these steps are like, you know, seek encouragement, seek community, pray, obviously pray very actively through that time and be creative. Actually, this is one of the, one of the steps here and kind of related to what you were saying, Nicole, like use whatever creative energies you have to kind of express the different motions in your heart that are, that you're living and going through in that kind of neutral, not neutral transition zone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I expressed that well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the last one is kind of when you're entering into the new stage or when you're looking forward to the new stage to celebrate that, like celebrate mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. in a concrete way, you know, don't let mm-hmm. it just pass. And I feel like that's related to gratitude mm-hmm. too. Like, mm-hmm let yourself be truly grateful for the blessing of the new beginning that's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and affirm the goodness of God in that and, uh, you know, and involve other people, your community, your people, your tribe, I guess, whatever the lingo is, you know, Mm -hmm. involve other people in that celebration, however is appropriate or if, if, and how it's appropriate. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I bought as an example of that as, as like a, um, 
like I pre-planned the way that I was going to celebrate when I was mm. finishing my thesis. I bought a bottle of Masi Campo Fioran, which is my favorite mm. wine, just for any listeners who'd like to send me alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but I bought it and I was like, when I submit, I this is it. Like that will be my, I'm going to mark it with that, you know? That's and it great. was glorious. That's good. That's good. I like that. Mm. Me too. Sweet. Well, hopefully those are helpful a few helpful transition tips for you guys and uh, nothing yeah. left but God winks. So Aaron, take it away. Okay. So this is a fun one. So for years I have wanted to do one of the DNA tests where they tell you about like your ancestry and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So um, I did one, if anybody's looking for one, it's called CRI genetics and I, I quite liked it. Um, <laughs> it's a private company also. So they're, they're not, they don't have public stakeholders. So I don't feel oh. like they're going to sell my DNA. <laughs> I'm not sure if people are worried about that, but anyways, apparently that's a thing. So oh, whatever. But so I was like doing this thing and I'm like, my dad was adopted, um, but he knows his birth family, but it's like, there's there, it's like complex as to where things come. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got some Irish, I know for sure. And then French, I know for sure, but I don't know a whole lot. So I was kind of expecting to get it back and be like, okay, Irish, French and whatever. Anyways, do you want to know what my number one is? I'm what? so pumped. What is it? So 37.5% German. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like Indian. I was like, what? can you imagine? Okay, but Rachel, I have so many butts. Oh my gosh! So thirty-seven point five percent German, which I don't even know if Smorgasbord is uh, is a thing. I think it's Swedish, but it just cracked me up. So it was like the Lord because this is all like a spiritual thing too, right? I'm like, who am I, Lord? <laughs> and then I get this thing and it's like, you're 37.5% German. That's who you are, <laughs> which cracks me up because I still remember it. And I'm sorry, I'm going to like lightly swear here, but there were Germans that I used to work with in the lab in Winnipeg. And mm -hmm. so they would say, like, if you say like, it's like damn shit. So the oh. guy would walk around saying, these damn shit boxes are everywhere. <laughs> like anyway, so that was the thing that immediately Immediately came into my head and I'm like yes I can do that <laughs> um yeah but then it, you can trace back like I can trace back to the year 675 AD Whoa. dude um where my oldest uh, ancestor that can be identified is from Kenya there are a couple of oh. Indians in there Colombia hey. um Peruvians uh, yeah. And Gosh. then basically like 91% European. So right. that's yeah. not a surprise, but yeah. anyways, there's some cool. Peruvian and Kenyan and, and Indian. Wow. That's, that's right. cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, and now we know. To boot in the description of German ancestry, the first thing that they mentioned was beer. And I'm like, yes, this makes <laughs> sense. This carried down through my DNA. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's that's all great. making sense right now. It's yeah. inherited. That's what it <laughs> is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, if anyone else has done this, I mean, you don't have to post comments and tell us your ancestry information, but it is interesting. We'd be interested. I think it's fascinating stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing God wink. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we, you know, season two has gone off, I think to a really fun start. We're so excited to be, I guess, on the air. What does it mean to be on a pot on the webs and the interwebs? I don't know. <laughs> On the pods, yeah. on, on the, the pods. pods, on your AirPods. I don't it get it. It sounds like we're eating Tide Pods. We're not, <laughs> don't do that. Don't no, do that. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, let's not end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we're so happy to be here. We love you guys. Welcome to season two. And yeah, mm-hmm. see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.